Hi, babes. Welcome to The Pleasure Portal, a podcast for women desiring to embody their fierce, wild, feminine magic, reclaim their deepest soul desires, and unleash the passion, pleasure, and fulfillment they know in their bones is their birthright. I'm your host, Kelsey Grant, a love, intimacy, and relationship educator and pleasure alchemist. I'm curious, has your pleasure ever been on the back burner? Have you ever felt like your pleasure doesn't matter? Have you experienced your feminine power being minimized, ignored, or suppressed? If so, this is the place for you. Because in this podcast, we're writing a whole new story together. We're a community of fierce femmes who are done with the binds of repression. We're the women who desire a pleasurable sex life, sacred connection with ourselves, and intimate partnership with another without having to give up or hide parts of who we are. We're the modern witches who until now have had to hide or suppress our sacred gifts. Together, we're unhooking from the binds that mute our greatest expression. We're dialing up that turn on full tilt. We're creating right relationship with our emotions, our power, our enchantment alchemy, and our womb wisdom. Each episode, I'll bring to you a mix of pleasure alchemy, embodiment education, love, sex, and relationship insights, and ultimately an invitation home to your fierce feminine magic. We are reclaiming it all. Down and in we go. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I I have some exciting news today. This morning, I got a rough mix of my new single that's going to be released soon, probably in the next month or so. And holy hot damn, is it so good, so good. And like to the point where I was crying hysterically (laughs) this morning listening to it and the thing about all of the feelings that were coming up were more to do with the the path the path that music has been for me so for any of you who don't know along with being a relational educator and running my company and doing courses on love and relationships and intimacy, I am also a musician. So my writing takes its form in my business a lot in my articles or in my posts or in my programs. And then I utilize this muscle of being a writer in terms of my songwriting, but I'm also a vocalist and I have been for my whole life. And it was one of those things that I, I always knew music was a huge part of my life and would be a huge part of my path, but I didn't always know how that was going to fit. It didn't seem to be clicking in terms of the traditional route of like, let's just quote unquote, follow our dreams and become a pop star, or in my case, more a country music star, because country music is my jam. And, you know, I I attempted that, I did, and it just didn't feel right. There was something about it that felt really off, even though whenever I would step into the arena of music, magic would happen. Like things would come together really quickly. I would meet the exact people that I would need to meet. Um, 
I would just end up in the right place at the right time, talking to the right person. And so I knew that there was a huge amount of magic that was interconnected with music for me. And there was also this deeper truth inside of me that knew I had to come to Vancouver. I had to start a business. I had to learn that journey of entrepreneurship in a new way. And, you know, that has been such a fulfilling part of my path. And now that I'm at the juncture that I'm at today with this new single coming out with a bandmate who is just the most extraordinary music partner I could have literally ever asked for. And this is the thing about our path. If we keep walking it, the right people will always show up. The right people who are the most aligned for you at that point in time will always show up. Had Corey shown up, you know, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have been ready for what our collaborations would ultimately become. I had to go through a phase of time 10-ish years ago where I was just finding my voice as a musician. I had been in a band for four years before that, and so much of my voice was you know, just an amalgamation of everyone else in the band and what their ideas of what the band should be and me wanting to people please. And my partner was also in the band. So like there was so many layers to that of like, well, I want, you know, to make music and these are the people I want to make music with, but they don't want to make the same type of music that I want to make. So maybe we can do a mashup. And like, if I listen back to some of those songs, it's like we were having an identity crisis because we were, there wasn't a clear vision there. Like all of us shared that same value of music and wanting to create music in the world. We could not agree on a genre. We couldn't agree on a style. And so each song had this unique flavor to it, which was kind of cool. Like looking back on it, like, that was kind of cool. And I'm glad that we, we did that. And we had that experience because in that experience, I learned how important it was for me to be, you know, really aligning with my own sound, with the sound that was true in my heart. And they just weren't the people who were going to, you know, be the people who would go on the second leg of that journey with me. And the second leg of that journey was more an internal process, a solo process, where I had to get really comfortable playing just me, myself, and my guitar, and writing songs, and not really having anyone else to hide behind. Um, I wrote a song, gosh, it's probably in like 2005, and the lyric was, you put on a face they can't recognize, not letting them know who I am. With nothing left for me to hide behind, I sell it the best that I can. And that really summed up <laughs> my life in that pocket. I was selling this version of myself that wasn't really me. Like I'm putting on a face that I don't even recognize. I'm not even letting them know who I really am. And with nothing left for me to hide behind, I sell it the best that I can. Like I, I, and so that was 
coming out of my my band life and into this new chapter where okay I'm going to stand alone I'm going to stand out I am going to put it all out there I'm going to write songs that are the authentic words in my heart the feelings in my body and see what happens and for a while I was you know on this new songwriting journey, it was really exciting. And I decided to challenge myself by learning a new chord on the guitar every single month, and then writing a original song with that chord. And I did that for a year. It was one of my muscle building pieces of commitment, because I had kind of a wonky relationship to commitment up until that point. And so that's where I started. I started to rebuild my relationship to commitment, my relationship to devotion through music, through my craft, through my passion, through my God-given talent. And being in that container of like, oh, I can choose commitment and do commitment in a way that really serves me and is aligned for me. And it doesn't have to be like this very restrictive chokehold, which is how I really related to commitment up until that point. I'm like, oh, it's a taking away of my freedom. That's how I related to commitment. So naturally it was a struggle for me to commit in relationships. And I was still able to be faithful and able to be honest in my relationships, but I, I felt like I was kind of needing to jump out of my own skin. I would hit, you know, the one year mark and I'd be like, ah, I got to get out of here or the two year mark. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> I'm short circuiting, get me out of here. And so my longest relationship had been four years and that's the one where I was in the band. And I think the only reason that I was able to maintain a relationship for that long was because there was this deeper devotion that I was connected to. Music had been such a huge part of that relationship. And in many ways, I felt so met in that relationship because and now I can see that whenever I'm dancing with music in a really fulfilling way, when, and that's so much part of my path. When I'm dancing with my path in an on-purpose way, I tend to attract relationships where I feel more met. I feel more seen because I am actually seeing those parts of myself and I'm engaging with them on a regular basis. And so when I was cultivating this new muscle of commitment and fusing it with music, I started to notice and like, wait, I've always wanted to be a country musician. I've always wanted to write country music. Why am I not doing that? I'm literally the only one holding myself back from that. The only one. Like I have now moved myself out of my band. I'm not playing music with anybody else but myself right now. There's literally no reason why I am not writing the music that I want to write. And isn't that the case? So often we have all of these reasons, all of these excuses, all of these justifications as to why we aren't doing the thing that we know we're meant to be doing. And all of those reasons, justifications, and excuses, they come from within us. 
They might have been reinforced by people outside of us. They may have been reinforced from our society or our, our culture. But ultimately, we have agency to decide whether we're going to internalize that or not. No one, no one has that power over you. You have complete agency in that regard. And when I came to that realization of like, wait a second, I'm the only one holding myself back from doing the thing that I actually want to be doing. It was at that point where I started to really transform my relationship to music, start to dance with it in a much more serious way. And it's no surprise that once I made that pivot and I started cultivating and creating from that place, um, Corey showed up and we orbited each other, I think for, I don't know, maybe a year and a half, two years where we would meet up at like social events and be like, Oh yeah, you play music. I play music too. We should jam sometime as musicians do like, Oh yeah, we should jam sometime. And we just didn't. And then at, I think it was maybe a dinner we were at, we, we had this repetitive conversation one more time. And I was like, you know what? Again, I'm the only one holding myself back. Like I'm the only one who is not actually putting a time and date in the calendar to play music with this guy. So let's get it in the calendar. And we did. And at that point I had so many songs that I had written and I just played them for him and he jammed with me on them. And as soon as he started playing on these songs, they sparkled. It, they changed, like the, the energy of them changed. And I could start to hear um, the, the vision that I'd had for these songs. And they started to really take on this country flavor. And I'm like, wait, I did it. I did it. I became the thing that I wanted. I did music and I've been writing country music. And now I've attracted in a bandmate, a band partner, a music partner who wants to play these songs, who wants to write more songs, who wants to play and sing and write country music. And every step of my path up until that point was so necessary. Like nothing had happened in terms of my relationship to music that was off purpose. All of it was so essential. Like I had to be in that band and experience what it feels like to not be in my skin. I had to then go on this solo journey to really find my footing and find my voice and start writing the things that I wanted to write about. And then Corey comes in. And with Corey and I, we had been practicing and rehearsing for quite some time. We'd played some live shows. We did a few personal development events as, and we came in and we performed um, segments in you know, personal development events, which was so fun. And it was like the colliding of my two worlds, the colliding of personal development, relational development with music. And then I started to realize a lot of the things that I was writing about were themes that were showing up in my coaching containers, in my programs, in my, my business. And knowing what I know about how easily programmable human beings are, and we were regularly programmed through television, through movies, through music, anything that 
we're hearing consistently. So consistency, repetition, and heightened emotion are the three ingredients to reprogram your brain or to program your brain. And really a belief is just a thought that you keep thinking. You think a thought enough times, it becomes your belief. And when we see some of the narratives that are being reinforced in music, it, it kind of makes my eyes bug out a little bit. My skin crawl. I'm like, ah, no wonder relationally we're such a fucking mess. Because look at the lyrical content of the songs that you love most and distill down what is the programming inside of those words. What is it conditioning you to focus on? What is it conditioning you to feel? And it was like this eureka moment of like, wait, I can combine both worlds. I can write music that is very true and aligned, but it's also true and aligned in truth. And I can write, you know, popular, catchy, hooky songs and have them be embedded with these messages that actually empower people in their relationships, that actually invite them into creating the internal conditions for love to thrive. Because for a lot of us, what's going on in our interior, what's going on in our mind, in our emotions, uh, is not exactly congruent with the type of relationship we desire. So we've got to do a little cleanup in aisle five sometimes and take a look at, you know, what we're programming ourselves with. And if it isn't the most empowering content, then we need to, you know, start inputting more content, more ideas into our experience that do actually align with the vision that we hold for ourselves in our lives. And when we really start to boil this down, it becomes so much easier to do that reprogramming when we know what our path is supposed to be. You know, I think for a lot of people, when it comes to desiring a relationship, and this is based on, you know, 10 years of doing this work and 10 years of coaching people and seeing a lot of repetitive themes. So I'm not just pulling this out of my ass, but it's, you know, quite common that when we don't have an anchor to our purpose, we don't have an anchor to our path, you know, what we're here to do, what will happen is it's so much easier to slip into codependent patterns. It's so much easier to, you know, feel that void in our system and think and misunderstand that void to mean, oh, I need to fill it with another person. I'm feeling this void because I don't have a relationship. But the thing is, you can call in a relationship and still feel that void because that void is your soul. That void is the part of you that wants to be reclaimed home. The part of you that is like, hey, you need to get on path and do what you were here to do. Because I am so fucking clear that every single person on this planet has something of great importance to contribute to the whole. And especially the people who would be listening to a podcast like this. You know, we could argue semantics all day long, but ultimately 
everyone plays a part in the fabric of humanity, in this tapestry of humanity. And, you know, for a lot of people who aren't experiencing being met relationally, it's important to take a look at, well, are you meeting yourself fully in your own life? Have you really gotten on path with what you know your soul is here to experience or here to do or here to gift the world with? Like, are you connected to that part of you? Because if you're not, not only will we continue to have this experience of not being met in a relationship, and I think that's very much on purpose, because when we aren't met in a relationship, that's excruciating. That is so fucking painful to sit with because it literally pushes on every single core wound we could ever have. You know, those stories, those ideas about not being lovable, not being choosable, being disposable, being replaceable. All of those feelings can bubble up when we are not met. We might also run the story that maybe I don't deserve to be met. Maybe I'm deeply unworthy of being met. Maybe I'm just a piece of shit person who doesn't deserve love. And all of those things are not true. They're just not. What is true is that you are perfect, whole, and complete. You are divinely worthy. You are born worthy. There isn't actually anything you need to do in order to be worthy because you innately are. You are innately deserving of respect. You are innately deserving of love and commitment and devotion. And yet, sometimes we will outsource this to another person. We'll say, okay, I don't know how to apply that to myself. I don't know how to apply that to my path. So I'm going to outsource that onto another person and hope that their love, their presence, their devotion, their commitment will be enough to fill this void inside of me that I just haven't been able to dance with yet. And, you know, the thing is about my dance with music is that it's ebbed and flowed through my life. There are phases of my life where I'm deeply connected. And in those phases of time where I'm deeply connected, my relationships reflect that in my experience of being mutually met. And then the times in my life where I waver from music or I waver from my soul work, and it's, it's the combination of the two. It's the combination of, ma- of music with the magic of the work I do in the world. That's kind of the, the sweet spot. But if I'm dancing with music in some way, shape, or form, my relationships, I tend to have the experience that I'm more mutually met in those dynamics. And it's been such an interesting thing to track and observe in myself because it's one of those things that if it wasn't tied in some way to my relationships, if it wasn't tied to that excruciating pain of not being met, would I really listen? And the truth of the matter is I probably wouldn't. I am so stubborn (laughs) and like, okay, like that's part of who I am. And, you know, I, I work with this part to become a little bit more flexible in my life, both mentally and emotionally and physically. I, I, I'm working on it. 
I'm working on it. And it's one of those things that if I am not feeling it in my relationship, if I'm not feeling that pain in a relationship, it probably doesn't get much attention. Like that's the only way my soul has figured out, like, this is how we get her attention. We're just going to make shit real difficult relationally when she's off purpose, when she is disconnected from the thing that she is meant to do. And it works like a charm because through that relational pain of not being met, it does wake up these parts. It does wake up another layer of awareness. It does wake up another layer that I can reclaim another element that might be camped out in my shadow, another, you know, piece of myself that I haven't learned how to hold with reverence and devotion. And through my relationships, especially the ones where I haven't felt met, those have been the most rich in terms of excavation of really powerful material that helps me get more on purpose. It also makes for great songwriting. Let's be honest. <laughs> and really pulling and distilling those lessons from those relationships into music that serves, music that turns on remembrance. I even write, the, the melodies that I write are very very much done on purpose. I will choose musical progressions that hit certain emotional centers in the body for a very intentional reason. Because for a lot of humans, um, emotionally, we are a bit constipated. We're a bit congested. And we need to free up the, the fluidness of our emotional centers so that we can vet people properly so that we can be connected and dialed in our intuition and we can trust ourselves when we have a backlog of emotional content, emotional debris that we haven't felt through and we haven't processed. Um, it really buggers up our perception of reality. Like when we are not like letting those energies move through and we don't know how to move them through because that's a big thing. Like a lot of people, they probably want to feel, but they don't know how to feel. They don't know how because we've had to desensitize our body to survive in this system that we are in. Sometimes we have to desensitize our body in order to survive a family system or just an environment that is really, really challenging to be in. So there's always a good reason why we've lost sensitivity in our body and why we've lost the connection emotionally. And it's still our responsibility to reboot these parts. And those parts have to be rebooted. They have to be in fine functioning form in order to really call in a partner who can meet you. Because if there are parts of you that you are kind of keeping at bay or you're pushing away or you're expending a lot of your creative energy to kind of keep on the sidelines, like that energy that you are spending bracing all of that material, kind of like if you think of tensing up your body right now, and the, that is energetically how we're going through life, that's exhausting like to always be in that state of tension to be in that state of gripping. And 
relationships require receivership. If we do not know how to soften and open, receivership is blocked in a really major way. And part of opening that flow of receivership, and this is like both give and take, because without that receivership being open, then we either go into like full like shutdown, <laughs> like we're walled off, or like we get into these over-functioning modes where we just do, 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 give, 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 and we're blocked in receiving. And so this flow of life can't move between the people in the relationship. It gets stalled. It gets blocked up. And if anyone has ever been constipated in your life, you know that that is a very uncomfortable state to be in. And so many relationships are emotionally and energetically constipated. And part of this has to do with our relationship to receivership. It has to do with our relationship to our emotional center. And like, are we really allowing ourselves space and time to feel and be in our emotions, be in our body? Or are we like gripped, we're tense. And when we're gripping and we're tensing, like we're, we're just not as open to possibilities. We're not as open to opportunities. They might literally be right in front of you, but you won't see them. Or if you do see them, you'll reject them as not for me because we can't trust ourselves fully when we're constantly bracing for impact. And, you know, part of helping move a lot of that material is being in the body, 100%. Another thing that really helps is being connected and committed to something bigger than yourself, which in this context is your purpose. Your purpose isn't for you. Your purpose is the gift that you give the world through you. It is the thing that you were put on this planet to weave into the tapestry of humanity. So what do you want to leave the world with? If someone, you know, at the end of your life was saying, okay, this is what, you know, this person imprinted in terms of their impact. What do you want that to be? And that will always lead you to the explorations of your gifts, the explorations of your talents, because your gifts and your talents are often tied to your purpose, your higher purpose, at least. And your purpose does not mean that you have to make money doing what you're doing. Mine, like in some ways, yes, because I've built a company around relational education, and that is definitely a talent of mine. And the gift is music. The gift is something that is just innately in me. I, I can't not do it. You know, I, I'm really not a happy person if music is completely cut out of my life. And so the more music is given space to roam in my experience and in my life and in my body and in my cells, the happier I tend to be. And then when I merge the gift with the talent, which is taking 
all of these themes that were happening relationally and infusing them into the lyrical content of the music I'm writing. And then, you know, my, my education and my intuition around the melodies that want to come through and how I want people to feel when they listen to the music. Um, when I merge those two together, my life feels full. So the quest for a partner stops becoming this obsessive thing. It now, you know, gets to sit as this part of my life of like, yeah, I'm so stoked for a partner to come in because I'm living a life that feels really fucking good to be in. I'm designing my life in a way where I am proud of myself at the end of every day. At the end of every day, I take like intel on myself. I'm like, what were the things that happened today that felt really good? What are the things that I'm really proud of myself for? And when I take that inventory, it really helps set the tone for my next day that I step into because my brain and my mind get to chew on that while I'm sleeping. It literally programs me for more of that the second I bring my awareness to it right before I go to sleep. And then in the morning, you know, before I start my day, I say, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity today. Thank you for this opportunity to express my gifts, my talents, and live on purpose. And live on purpose doesn't mean that I'm having to do these extraordinary things every day. Living on purpose sometimes means just drinking a fuck ton of water, getting a workout in, and laughing with my friends. Sometimes it means sitting down and channeling, you know, a new program. Sometimes it means picking up my guitar and practicing. Sometimes it means picking up my guitar and writing and channeling a new song. Sometimes it means going out and being in nature and being connected to life. There's so many ways that we get to practice being on purpose. And when we make that the devotion, the devotion is to designing a life where I feel on purpose. I feel like there is a strong sense of purpose in my day. And again, like it doesn't matter what you're doing in your day. Like you can experience a deep sense of purpose no matter what you're doing. Because purpose has a lot more to do with who you are and who you're being inside of what you're doing. And so when we focus there instead of this elusive you know, result outcome of like, oh, I got to find my purpose. Instead, like, how can I bring more purpose into this now moment? How can I bring more presence into this now moment? How can I bring more embodiment into this now moment? Those are all things that eventually get you to the point of, you know, if you're not sure what your gifts or your talents are, or the ways in which you would like to positively impact the world around you, these steps will get you there. It creates the conditions for that insight, for that revelation to come through. And sometimes we have to clear out some of that congestion. We have to clear out some of that debris. We have to open and relax the body so that there is space 
for this magic to start flowing through. And if we are like death gripping <laughs> on our lives and we're like, I need a relationship and I need it now. <laughs> like, chances are we're probably not going to call in the best quality relationship from that place. And, you know, I've definitely done that and you can strong arm the universe. You can try for sure. You can force a relationship to happen, but it doesn't mean that that relationship is going to be enriching. In fact, it'll probably be one of those relationships that are necessary in order to really start moving all of this material alive in you. So, you know, is anything really off purpose in that regard? No. Um, but if we want a relationship where we really feel mutually met, and I think that's the goal here, seems to be a hot topic in my community. I mean, it's partially because we're about to kick off this, this new six month program and journey together. And I'm so freaking stoked for it. And so there is a lot of talk lately about being mutually met and what that means for my overfunctioning queens, <laughs> because for a lot of us overfunctioning ladies, um, you know, we, we do manage a lot. We do take on a lot. We, we can do everything. It doesn't mean we're meant to do everything. And when we're trying to do everything, we're often in that very grippy tense energetically tense even physically like whenever I think about the gripping like my body will literally tense up and when I'm in that state I'm not receptive and if I'm not receptive how am I ever going to call in someone who wants to be a contribution to my life how am I ever going to dance that dance of reciprocity in that relationship I'm not and so being connected to our purpose, connected to our path, connected to the thing that we know brings us to life. That's another way of knowing what, you know, your purpose is like, what makes you come fully alive? What can you lose hours of your day or your time when you're, you're doing the thing or you're in the energy of the thing, you know, and it might mean going against what your parents want for you. It might mean going against what your culture wants of you or what, you know, this invisible, you know, expectation in society, what it wants for you. It, it really comes down to like, what, what is it for you? What brings you fully alive? And having the courage to step onto that path is no small thing. And so we have to, you know, really cultivate that sometimes cultivate the courage. And again, that takes time. You know, I didn't fully step onto my path, you know, right away. It wasn't like, Oh, out of high school, boom, on, on the track. No, it took a decade decade of floundering and figuring it out and trying things and fucking up and making mistakes and having wonderfully magical experiences and everything in between. It took that in order to really be able to flush out enough space energetically and emotionally in my body to be able to listen to that 
that voice inside. That voice that was like, move. You need to move. You need to go to this other city. You need to go. And that's all it told me. (laughs) And I had to trust. I had to have faith. And I had built back enough trust in my own body that I was willing to follow that call. I was willing to, you know, look at my life through the lens of, am I going to regret not doing this? And the answer was, yeah, I would regret it. I would regret it if I didn't take the chance. I don't want to live my life on autopilot. I don't want to live my life living for somebody else's dream, living for someone else's idea of who I should be or what I should be doing. I'm here to be in devotional reverence to my soul's calling, my soul's code, my soul's path. And so are you. Not not to be devoted to mine, but to be devoted to yours. <laughs> and, you know, it, it takes courage to do that in a world that is literally designed in a way to have you not uncover that, to have you stay small, to have you stay stuck, to have you stay disconnected from your magic, disconnected from your joy, disconnected from your gifts and from your talents and from that sense of soul-centered purpose. When we can make that the devotion, uh, and if you don't know what that is, that's okay. Start asking better questions. Show me the nature of soul-centered purpose in my life. Ask that question every morning. I promise if you ask that question every morning for the next month or two, you'll get some clarity. You will. And if being mutually met in a relationship is something that, you know, you have an ache in your body for, you really, really long to be met in relationship. I want that for you. And I know that that is completely possible. And we have to take a look at the parts of ourselves that we aren't fully in, you know, right relationship with. We're not in total devotion with. We are not meeting with reverence or respect. And that is absolutely a a journey you can do solo, 100%. And if you would like to kind of walk the more accelerated path and, you know, with people who have, you know, done this work already, I am leading, obviously, the course. But I also have brought on a extraordinary team of mentors who will also be supporting the container with their wisdom and their journeys and their areas of expertise to support you in your integration, to support you in resensitizing your body, to support you in calling yourself home and calling yourself fully alive so that you are in prime condition to be mutually met. So we know that we, when we step into relationship, we are doing it from such a powerful and embodied place. And I know that's such a buzzword lately, but all it means is being in your body. How many relationships have you had where you've started them from your head and not been in your body? Probably, if you're like me, quite a few. And, you know, the the relationships where I felt mutually met were ones where I was much more in my body and I was connected to music. I was connected to this devotional gift that has been put inside of me. And when I really honor that 
It gives me space to show up differently. I don't need to play all of these fucked up games that so many, you know, dating coaches will tell you to do or, um, and I don't even think that they're really dating coaches. (laughs) Someone who's a coach would never actually tell you to do that. But, you know, there's a lot of good marketers out in the world and they, they know how to prey on your most sensitive, you know, areas, your most sensitive vulnerabilities, and they give really shit advice relationally. Like that shit doesn't work. And listen, like if, if you get caught up in it and you try it and it backfires, like it was designed to backfire. It was designed to not get you partnership. It might land you someone, you might be able to manipulate someone into a relationship, but you'll never be able to trust that they're there because they want to be when we use a game to get them there. And so the path of being mutually met is dropping all of those games, dropping all of those manipulations that are either conscious or unconscious and really dropping in to the body, dropping in to your purpose, your path, your heart, your queen's code, and, you know, laying the foundation through things like sisterhood, radical self-responsibility, understanding polarity and how that dance of polarity works within you, but also within your relational dynamics, really looking at receivership, What is our relationship to receiving and how do we create the conditions of safety, emotional safety, so that we can open and soften to be receptive to love, to be receptive to a partner who is all in, a partner who can really meet you, you know, and there's all of these elements that are are dancing together and we are going to explore them all in this six month container. And the reason it's six months, I mean, we could easily do this in six weeks and give you, you know, the, the six portals and the six codes. Um, but that actually wouldn't really be of service because it leaves no space for integration. And we need to dance with these ideas and these concepts and these codes and work them into our body. Because if they're not worked into the body, again, we're having relationships just from our head. And if we're coming in from into a relationship from our head, you know, it's very hard to feel like the other person is fully there or that you're even fully there because we're literally living from the neck up. And so we take one month for each code and we work it through Like you're going to get a module And I like to do audio content. So it's like listening to a podcast. And then you will also have a tapping session that you can use as many times as you want throughout the month and a guided visualization or an auto suggestion, like a self-hypnosis. And you can use those tools as often as you like. And then we have a monthly embodiment temple where we come to move the themes of the month through the body. You'll be given a playlist and you will also be given a specific rhythm to kind of work with in terms of the monthly theme. And then we have 
obviously a group mentorship call that is run by yours truly. So this is a place where you can ask your questions and you can get live support, um, relevant support for your personal experience with the material, with your relationships, with your life. And we have a sisterhood circle where we explore the worlds of desire and longing and celebration. Because for a lot of women, especially when we've been in relationships where we're not mutually met, there's this weird thing that happens where we start to censor ourselves, where we start to kind of scale back our light and be like, Ooh, I'm too much for this person. And I don't want to make them feel bad because I'm shining so brightly. And so we start to scale back and swallow our desires. We swallow our celebrations. We swallow our longing and then it festers in our system and it can morph into aggression. It can morph into resentment. It can morph into hardness. And you've heard me yammer on about this today of like receivership is so much about softness and opening, soften and open and resentment does the opposite. It literally hardens you up. And when we are in these imbalanced relational dynamics, that's just a natural thing that will happen. Like I need to like almost tiptoe around their, their ego or tiptoe around their fragility, tiptoe around, around them. So I don't hurt their feelings because they're not at the place that I, I want to be met at. And so we need to reclaim that. We need to reclaim owning our desires and being met inside of that and being celebrated inside of that and learning how to sit with our longing and transmute it into pleasure. Because when we can't sit with our longing, we will try and offload it really, really quickly. And longing is one of those things that kind of builds tension. It builds, you know, the nice juicy energy between the polarities in a relationship. And if we don't know how to be with our longing, we will definitely not be masterful in expressing our longing. What might happen is we might slip into our adaptive inner child and have a temper tantrum about it. And then our partner's like, yikes, <laughs> I can't, can't even go close to that. Like, no, thank you. And so we really want to sit with those desires, those longings, those celebrations, so that we learn how to express them in ways that are masterful, express them in ways that are really juicy and fulfilling for you to even speak through your system and move through your system. And you'll definitely be learning the skills to express your longing, express your desires, express your needs, express your boundaries in a way that turns on a partner, that turns on you, that has the other person be receptive to you and what really matters to you. And then there's a monthly guest workshop. So these are, you know, my team of mentors, of people who are also just so, so profound in the work that they do. And they will be coming in to do a guest workshop every month. And I, I'm just so excited for the container of this relationship or well, it is a, a container of a relationship for sure between all of us, but the container of this program, um, 
because I, it's so hard for me to watch the world kind of fumble in their relationships when I know that it's very, very possible to be met, but it does require us to really reboot our worth and remember, it's more accurate, remember our worth, remember our wholeness, reclaim all of those places inside of ourselves that we have learned over time to shut down and to put aside because somebody couldn't hold it. Someone didn't have big enough hands to hold it as the the trite saying on Instagram goes. <laughs> If, if, you know, you're too much for someone, you need to find someone who has bigger hands to hold, bigger hands to hold the magic that is you. And when we kind of unlearn from all of these relationships that, you know, we haven't been met in, and then we step into well, what is my gift? What is my magic? What, what has me feel on purpose? And we nurture that part of ourselves. And then we also learn these really important skill sets to dance in relationship, to be able to recognize someone right off the bat who isn't meeting you. And you know yourself so intimately that when that part comes up to justify why you should continue investing into someone who can't meet you, you, you know your bullshit. You know your game. And you're like, I'm not doing that to myself anymore. I'm not going to do that to myself anymore. And you reorient the path. You reorient the pattern. And you start to anchor in a new one that allows you to only invest your preciousness into relational containers that actually meet you, that actually celebrate you, that actually enhance who you know yourself to be. And both people get to thrive in love inside of those containers. So if that is calling you home, the early bird pricing for the program um, is in effect until next week. So you've got you know a few days to get in on the early bird pricing. There is a payment plan so that you know if you don't want to do it all up front, then you can do a payment plan. That's cool got those options. And there's also a few spots for personal mentorship if you'd like to have one-to-one -one coaching in tandem with the group program. So all of that information for that program is in the show notes. And I am just so thrilled to walk this journey with all of the women who are ready. And I'm also just so excited to share this song with you like so excited um, and get this magic out in the world because it's literally the ultimate manifestation song. So everyone in the program will get early access to this song and we'll be using it if, if that feels good to you to use, but we'll be using it as, you know, an anchor to call in what you'd like to call in. I literally wrote this song for this program uh, I ultimately wrote it for my future husband, um, but it can be used for anything that you would like to call in, whether it's a partner, whether it's greater health, whether it's abundance, there are mega manifestation codes inside of this song that are woven in. So all you got to do is listen to it. You got to let that feeling turn on your cells, turn on your system. And all of a sudden now we're orbiting very, very different energy. And I, I'm just so pumped to share it all with you. 
So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking your time with me today. It's always an honor. Um, and it seems like my kind of my flow with the podcast is going to be like every other week. Um, so you can count on me for every other week. And then if I've got the bandwidth to do more than that in the month, I will. Um, but let's just say, you know, for, for now, every other week, you can count on an episode from me. And occasionally, I might be able to sprinkle in a few more in a month. Um, so let's just set that for now. And I will be seeing y'all very soon. And whatever you took away from this podcast, if there was a nugget that you that really landed for you, please let me know. I'd love to hear about it. You can send me an email. You can write me on Instagram. You can share it on your social media and tag me in it. Uh, Radical Self Love is my handle. And I would, I'd love to share in that celebration with you. And it's, it's no small thing that you take an hour out of your day to listen to these conversations, to listen to these insights. And I'm so grateful to have you here. I'm so grateful to have you in the community. And I look forward to sharing some more magic with all of you very, very soon. Bye friends.